0: Absolutely, that's what's happening. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. I have a question. How many of you wash your hands before you eat? Some of you? How about out there? How many of you wash your hands? Yeah, most of you, maybe. A few honest folks, maybe not. Jesus says you don't have to do that. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. But, why do you wash your hands? Um, so, then you'll get sick. so you don't get sick. Why would you get sick if you don't wash your hands? Because um, you can touch things with germs on it, and then when you eat the food, you're processing those germs that you touched into your food, and then you're eating them. Right. You have dirty hands, germs on your hands, you touch your food, food goes in your mouth, the germs spread throughout your body, you get sick. Right? Right? Yeah, so if you don't want to get sick, you wash your hands. Do you think Jesus was telling us not to wash our hands so we don't get sick? Jesus actually didn't say, don't wash your hands. Jesus said, think about why you do. Because there were these people who were arguing with Jesus, and they had this really long, intense ritual for washing their hands, they had to wash their hands one way and then another, and, and they had to do it a certain number of times. What do you do when you wash your hands? You just wash them one. once. Once? Do, do you, like, hold them in prayer form up to God and, and then, no? You don't do any of that ritual? No. Do you sing a song when you wash your hands? No. So you just think you know how long you need to do it. Do you use soap? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. A little bit of soap, lots of water, right? You rub them together and you get all the germs off. That is awesome because not only does that keep you clean and healthy, it helps keep your family clean and healthy, and it helps keep all of us clean and healthy. But Jesus was saying it's fine to wash your hands before you eat so that you stay healthy. But there's sometimes some people say you have to do it in this big, elaborate way. And Jesus said, that's not really what God said. God is about making sure that we are healthy in our bodies and in our spirits, right? Because that's what God wants. God wants us to be healthy and happy and know that we are loved And how we wash our hands, whether we sing the ABC song or we don't sing any song or or we sing maybe a cartoon song about washing our hands. I don't know. Does Doc McStuffin have a song about washing our hands? I'm sure she does, right? You know the Doc McStuffin hand-washing song? Yeah. There's all sorts of things we can do to help us wash our hands, right? And the important thing is that we do it before we eat so our hands are clean, so our bodies stay healthy, But we don't have to do it necessarily in a way that... There's no special way we do it that makes God happy. But for the fact that we do it. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah. You think so? Well, that's okay. You can think on it. But is it important to wash our hands before we eat? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you all do that because that's really important, right? That's really important. But how you wash your hands... That doesn't matter so much, right? I have some uh, papers for you that we will hand out after we pray. After we pray. So I invite you to repeat after me, and everyone here can pray as well if they want to. You ready? Dear God, we we give you thanks for keeping us healthy And showing us how to be healthy for one another. Keeping ourselves healthy so others might be healthy too. Thank you for Jesus for always loving us and for everyone else who loves us too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming up this morning. Thanks for sharing. Now you may each have your paper. Oh, that's a great song for hand-washing. do you want these? Good morning. And grace and peace and God's love and mercy be on you today, within you and around you. So, what a text, huh? We're, we're, we're getting some great ones. There's this long stretch now of, of just really interesting gospel readings. Jesus telling the Pharisees, nah, you don't have to wash your hands that way. That's human tradition. That's human tradition you say that you're following when, when you have this long ritual of hand-washing before you can eat. Now, we might look at this text and say, well, that's not so crazy, Jesus. Yeah, we wash our cups and our plates and our bronze kettles and everything else too, right? Most of us, if we have those things, before we eat on them again, most of us wash our dishes but Jesus was speaking to a much bigger a much bigger group of traditions that sometimes held people up traditions that got even in the way of people's relationship with God sometimes that can happen I haven't experienced it so much here in this congregation, but in other congregations, there were very precise ways the pastor was expected to stand when engaged in some form of prayer or another, or a precise way that we genuflect, that we bow before we walk up to the altar. All sorts of traditions, and and there's meaning behind all those traditions. At some point in time, there was a meaning in all those traditions. The challenge is, so often the traditions get lost. Because it's an oral tradition and an active and oral tradition. That's what Jesus was really speaking about. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees because when Moses went to Sinai, Moses brought back the Ten Commandments. And Moses is said to have brought back this large volume of oral tradition that's passed on, as our gospel reading says, through the elders. The elders have told us this is how we must wash our hands. And Jesus says, okay, but that's not necessarily from God. In fact, that might even be preventing your relationship with God Because you get so caught up in all of the details that you forget what you're actually doing. Some of you who have been in the sacristy before worship with me. I I remember uh, back in August when I supply preached here, uh, the deacon at first service, it was her first time deaconing. And it was my first time leading worship here. And I'm like, well... An hour from now, we will have prayed, we will have sung, we will have spoken the word of God, we will have gathered together, and God will be well-pleased because worship has happened. Now, we might stumble up the stairs. We might miss every third word in the gospel reading, right? How many of you know the word licentiousness, right? There, there's all sorts of fun words in the gospel and, and in the Old Testament reading sometimes as well. We might stumble all over the place, But at the end of the hour, or thereabout, give or take a few minutes, worship will have happened, and God will be well pleased. Because at the same time it's about us, it's not completely about us, right? Because we gather here for God. The fact that we gather makes God happy. The fact that we gather and sing and and maybe sometimes we check some of our differences at the door. Sometimes we bring them into the sanctuary with us. But the fact that we're all able to navigate through worship together even though we come from different places and we use different words to describe ourselves and we have different understandings of the world around us. We all gather in the same place to worship. And God is well pleased. But Jesus doesn't stop there just with the difference between the elders' teaching and his understanding. But Jesus goes on to say that there's all these practices about food and such as well. And okay, maybe you've not eaten pork because the science hasn't told you that it has to get to a certain temperature in order for it to be safe. Or you're choosing not to eat pork because the pagans around you do, and you're setting yourselves apart somehow. The parenthetical notation says, by Jesus saying that it's not what you take in, but rather what you put out, is that which... Uh, that which goes in does not defile. It's that which comes out defiled. Therefore, all food is clean, right? That's what the gospel tells us. So that whole, those rules about pork, Mm, maybe, maybe not. That's not as important as some other things. What's most important isn't what you put into your body, but how you respond to one another in the world. How do we interact with each other? How do we engage? Do we live all about me and the greed? I have lots of wants. Is my whole life about getting and accumulating everything I want? My family hopes not because there wouldn't be room for any of us in the house if we had them all, right? And is my accumulating all those things that I might want really going to make me happy? Probably not. Is my responding, because I'm feeling fearful, so my responding with vile words, is that really going to make our community stronger? Or because I'm feeling anxious, I I push everybody away. Does that make people and community stronger? Not at all. It's those things that come out of us that set us apart from one another and set us apart from God. Those things, there's a long list. Those things, those evil intentions, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, are things that defile us. And why do they defile us? It's really the same as, as the woman who had the 12-year flow of blood or the man who was known as Legion because he had so many demons within him. Those things that defile us are those things that set us apart from God and from one another. Those things that, that whether they be ritually, as in the woman with the flow of blood, or the man with the demons. Or those things that perhaps aren't as, as dedicated or, or specified, rather, by the law or the oral tradition of the law. That set us apart, that keep us away from one another, that, that create chasms and divide. It's those things, Jesus says, that defile Not what we put into our bodies, but how we interact with the world around us. And this is really good news for people who have had extreme hardships in their lives, or even maybe not so extreme. But it means that we are still whole and worthy people, even if we've been abused. Even if we've lived through situations that are terribly painful, if we've been bullied or molested or, or interacted with in a way that, that causes trauma for us, that does not defile us. But rather how we respond to one another in the world. There's things that create divisions and chasms that keep some people over here and some people over here. And Jesus knew some about that. Because even though the text says that the Pharisees and all the Jews washed all these things, there was not a monolithic understanding of Judaism, even in Jesus' time. The same as there is not a monolithic understanding of Christianity in our time. We are divided into lots of little groups. The Jews in Jesus' day were as well. Lots of divisions. We maintain this set of laws and these rituals, and so therefore we are more pure and better than you people over here and these people over here, but we maintain these rituals and these laws, and so we're better than you and you and you and you and you. Because as humans, that's how we like to see ourselves, isn't it? We all want to have one up on someone else, But that's not how God sees us. And God sent Jesus into the world because God wants us to see ourselves as God sees us. And so we have these chasms. We even have a center aisle here. We've got an aisle over there, but there's nobody over on that side. We've got an aisle over here, and there are people over on that side. And right in the middle, we have this great big cross. And what does this cross do? Reach from this side to this side to bridge the chasm. To bridge those things that divide us, those things that would within ourselves say, Nope, I'm different than you. Stop. I'm not going there. I'm not crossing 124th Street. Mm-mm mm-mm. I'm not going here, and I'm not going there. I've got my little community of people who think like me, and we practice the same things, and we think pretty much the same way until we have a disagreement, but we like each other enough that we're not going to uplift our disagreements because we've got something in common, and we're far different than those people over there and those people over there. And Jesus comes with outstretched arms to bridge those chasms, whether it's the center aisle or the aisle over here or the political divide in our lives or or this group and that group or our racial divisions or however it is, male, female, young, old, whatever divisions we're talking about, Jesus hangs in that chasm, creating a bridge that we might be the one united people of God. And that out of us might come those things, not that defile, but that unite us with one another and unite us with God and move us forward to create God's beloved community here in this place, here on this earth, where there's space for everyone. That's God's vision for the world, I believe. Because when we go way back to the book of Genesis, the very beginning chapters, God created all day long. And at the end of the day, what did God say? That's not rhetorical. What did God say? It is good. And at the end of the second day, after God created for a whole second day, God said, it is good. It is good. It is good. God repeatedly said about God's creation, it is good. We are part of that creation. That is good. And when we forget it, all we have to do is look at the cross and know that God is reaching way out in this direction and way out in this direction. And even though we see the cross being, being only in two ways, we know that it's really full circle. 360 to bring all of God's creation together because God created and said it is good. Amen. Let us together confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord.
1: He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at at the the right right hand hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in in the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, sins, the resurrection of the the body, and the the life life everlasting. Amen. We pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. We are quick to judge others based on external offenses, yet slow to truly examine the motives and content of our own hearts. Give us courage to look within and willingness to have our hearts transformed in order that we might serve you more faithfully. God of truth, hear our prayer. Nothing you have created is unclean, and all have a place within your kingdom. Curb our distaste for what we cannot appreciate, nor understand, thereby helping us to accept those parts of ourselves which we also consider unlovable. God of truth, hear our prayer. We remember all those who have served as our nation's primary leader since the country's founding, humans both flawed and inspiring. Enable the current and next generation of leaders to serve with wisdom and humility And empower us as citizens to carry out the work of justice alongside and sometimes in spite of them. God of truth, you examined people's hearts, O Lord, and saw what truly motivated them. Cleanse us from our self deception (laughs) and encourage us to elevate our lives by living authentically. We ask your healing blessing upon those whom we know need it. Especially those we either name aloud or in our hearts. God of truth, we recognize Philip Melanthon, reformer and teacher of the faith, for his integrity and tenacity in spreading your word and teaching your people. Bless all educators. Those whose mission it is to feed minds and promote understanding. God of truth. Here.
0: We give you thanks for the beauty of this day, O oh God, and for the healing powers that you bestow upon your people. We invite you to continue to be with Susan Schwabenländer as she continues to recover from her surgery this past week as James prepares for surgery once again, and for all who are in need of your comfort and love, your care and your healing, your peace and your mercy, God of truth, hear our our prayers and direct our paths, O God, that we might be part of the living answer which we seek. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share Christ's peace with one another.